Hey everyone, I hope all is well with you. Today I'll be sharing a quick word that the Father put in my heart a couple of weeks ago and I've entitled it Grasshoppers or Sons and Daughters. How we see ourselves matters. My message today is based on Numbers 13 which talks about when the Lord told Moses to send out 12 leaders one from each tribe of Israel to spy out the land of Canaan. Only two of them, Joshua and Caleb, came back with a good report, saying that the land is flowing with milk and honey. And the others, there were 10 others, focused on the giants and the harshness of the land, and they gave a bad report. Caleb said that we should go straight in right away and take it over. We are surely able in verses 31 to 33. And the other scouts said, no way, we can't do it. The people who are already there are too strong for us. So the report of these other scouts was quite disheartening. And it made the people question God's promises. They said the land that we surveyed virtually eats its own and the people themselves are gigantic. We saw the massive Anakites who descended from the ancient Nephilim. We look like grasshoppers compared to them, and they know it. The last sentence in the Amplified Bible reads, And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. So that's what I kind of want to talk about today. Many of us have grown up in the church because our parents brought us with them. So we continue to go to church because it's the thing to do. And yes, many of us have made a commitment to give our lives to Jesus and serve him. But there are still many people today that go to church and still have not given their lives to Christ. They figure, well, I'm a good person. I do the right thing. They're like the children of God in the wilderness, going through life not fully awakened to who they really are in Christ Jesus. When they see themselves as small and insignificant in the world with respect to climate change or atmosphere or anything like that, this is much the same as God's people in the wilderness. Many of them were confused as to their own true identity as God's chosen people. Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. They did not know God or trust him fully. They were in their own eyes as grasshoppers. Thus their fear and intrepidation allowed the enemy to see them as such. We're in a time now that either we take the land or we stay in the desert place of testing and trial for another 40 years until all of the old doubts and unbelief dies off. We're in a place where we're looking at the giants in our land. Huge societal changes have crept in on our watch. And we were to enjoy all the goodness of the land, but we haven't gotten there yet. Many of us, though, though we go to church and may even have accepted Jesus as our personal Savior, we have not yet fully realized who we are in Christ, God's sons and daughters. Therefore, we still see ourselves as grasshoppers. And because of this, the giants see us as grasshoppers, weak, afraid, and extremely pliable in their hands. When Moses sent out the spies to check out Canaan, 
the land flowing with milk and honey that the Lord had promised them? Caleb and Joshua were the only two spies that came back with a good report. They acknowledged that there were giants in the land, sure. They didn't hide that fact, nor did they ignore it like many in the church have been doing today. They didn't try to put their head in the sand and expect it to go away on its own. They said, yes, there are giants in the land, but they are meat for us. This meant that with God's help, we can easily conquer them and they will serve us. But the rest of them cowered in fear because they didn't know or trust their God intimately. They said, we are grasshoppers in our eyes and we are grasshoppers in their eyes. So it was how they saw themselves. They saw themselves through the lens of their own weakness rather than the lens of truth, that they were a mighty, powerful nation of God and that the Almighty was with them and fought for them. Heck, he had delivered them so many times already, but they didn't look at that. They looked at their own strength. The Israelite army did the same thing when Goliath stood against them, which I talked about in one of my earlier podcasts. They saw that bellowing giant rather than the strength of their God. It took one young man, David, full of God in the power of his might to take down that great giant and subdue the enemy army. He knew who he was in God because he knew God personally and walked with him on a daily basis. The Lord had brought him through many experiences where he showed himself real and true to David, and David trusted him. Therefore, he was able to run forward into battle rather than cower and hide like the rest of them. It's going to take a people like this today. God is in the process of raising his people up in his power. A people who declare boldly and run into the face of the enemy. A people that will storm the gates of hell. A people that know their God and stand strong, trusting him to come through for us. And it's not by might nor by power, but by his spirit that we are able to do anything. In this time of man-made plagues, seeming supply shortages that are man-made as well, unlawful restrictions and regulations, increased power grabs, um, etc. You name it. We must get into God's word to know him for ourselves and to ask him about all of this that's going on and ask him also, what is he doing and what does he want to do through us, his body? Jesus is the head. He is the brains of this operation. We are his body. We are to carry out his plans and his purposes in the earth. It's no longer enough for us to just listen in on Sunday to a nice cozy sermon. It's time for us to rise and shine, to be the salt and light that we are in the earth. It's time for us to manifest as the sons of God to create to free creation through his love and power in us. We do this by knowing our God intimately for ourselves, being in relationship with him. The word says in Daniel 11:32, but the people who know their God will be strong and carry out great exploits. Some other versions say will be strong and take action. 
this is a doing thing. This is not just sitting and listening. We need to be getting into his word and spending time with him, being filled with his Holy Spirit, praying and and just communing with the Lord and listening to his voice within us and acting on what he tells us to do more than ever before. We need to know him. No matter how small his request is, it can affect one person or a region in a huge way if we do it. And no matter how big his request may seem to us, he will be there right with us to perform it through us once we begin taking the steps. As we said just a while ago, it's not by our own might or power that we accomplish anything, but by his spirit that is within us and working through us. The only way that we can and will step out this way is if we begin to see ourselves differently and realize that in Christ, we are a new creation. We are more than conquerors. We are overcomers in this life. We have been made victorious through the blood of Jesus Christ, Romans 8, 37. And we are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, our, all things are become new. It's an ongoing thing. We are constantly in change. We are constantly growing. We are constantly growing from glory to glory, strength to strength. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Have you ever noticed that a lot of Bible verses don't say it's going to happen? It says it has happened. So what are we waiting for? Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. He finished it. Our job is to appropriate the spoils of what he has already accomplished. He is our champion. He is our big brother. He has our hand. And by his spirit, we are seated in with him in heavenly places. He is with us. We cannot fail. Once we realize our position in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus, and we realize that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, which are in the heavenlies, we then can realize that Jesus is right there with us so that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. 2 Corinthians 10.4 and Philippians 4.13 The place to start is knowing the Word of God, reading and studying the Bible. What does God say about us? What is He saying about me personally? As I've mentioned before, hiding the scriptures, his word in our hearts. Psalms 119.11 says that if we hide his word in our hearts, we will not sin against him. What this means is that whenever we have a negative thought or a challenge or fear or something's trying to creep up, if we have God's word ready and memorized in our heart, hidden in our heart, immediately his standard the standard of his word will be raised against that thing. Isaiah 59, 19 says, So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. 
When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord raises a standard against him. So if we have God's word in our heart, Holy Spirit is able to bring his word forth readily so that we are not defeated by giants of fear or thoughts that come at us. God is his word. He himself will rise up from within us and bring all the evil down, bring all that fear down, bring the, and, and give us um, ideas for the challenges, give us the way through it. For example, whenever a fearful thought happens or think a thing happens that brings fearful thoughts or I get a thought that creates fear in my mind, immediately the verse from the Bible will rise up within me like God has not given me a spirit of fear but power, love and of a sound mind. And I come into agreement with it, I affirm it and receive its truth for me which dispels all the fear. As well, sometimes when I wake up feeling less than happy or just kind of ick in the morning, I immediately bring to my mind, and sometimes it's really hard to do it, the scripture that says, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I may have to pray into it, for a while and declare it many times but in a short time I'll be up again as I tell my soul how to think and feel so it's our choice and we are to take control of our thoughts and our soul we can tell it what to think and feel and when we have scripture hidden in our heart it's easy much easier than if we don't because God's word is life and it brings life. So if we have his word in our heart and we have to come up and, and tell our soul to think straight, God's word is the best way to do it. It's like our bodies. If we don't eat and we don't fu- get, have the fuel to get us from A to B, we become weak and we won't be able to do much at all. If we don't consume the Bible, his word, his flesh, as he is the bread of life, then we won't have any fuel in our mental, emotional, and spiritual tank. Therefore, when we need to perform, we won't be able to. The onus is on us to build up our reserves. Yes, his salvation is a free gift. But he also says, seek and ye shall find. Ask and it shall be given. Knock and the door will be opened. It's a two-way relationship. Have you ever been in a relationship where you talk to someone and they never answer you back? How long does that last? It doesn't. So the onus is on us. Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man open it, I will come in and sup with him. This means he will come in and break bread with us, which is his word. He will expound himself and his word and his life with us. Remember, he's the bread of life, but we must partake in his divine glory. Spending time getting to know him in prayer. The Bible says pray without ceasing. So there's always an action on our part that we must take. We cannot afford to be lazy and only eat from the hand of the man or woman in the pulpit anymore. We must know how to get our own supply. Interestingly, it's called earning a living. 
In God, we earn a living by putting the time in Him and His Word and our relationship with Christ, and we reap His life, His living in us more abundantly. The same principles are found in sowing and reaping. The quality and abundance of our crop is entirely based on the specific seed, the quality of the soil, as well as how much seed and how well we take care of it. There's always a cause and effect. The more diligent we are to take care of our garden, the more plentiful and wonderful the harvest will be. Our life is as a garden. Our life is his garden. And if we pull the weeds quickly and take good care of our garden and water it and feed it with his word, the seed of his life in us grows and manifests his power and authority through us. Interestingly, phrases like, it is what it is, or just go with the flow, or that's just life, have become very popular as of late. These phrases have always offended my spirit. My theory on this is that they are so popular because this is a generation that has been dumbed down to believing that they have no power to change anything, that the powers that be call all the shots. Therefore, with a mindset like such as that, many have lost hope. They stop trying to reach upwards and onwards and stop opposing things that are not godly. They have become grasshoppers in their own eyes. And they have become grasshoppers in the eyes of the enemy. This is exactly what the enemy wants, to dumb us down, to trample and scatter us so that we feel alone and afraid and stuck in whatever unhappy situation that we may feel caught in. It doesn't need to be this way. When did we ever hear Jesus say, it is what it is, or that's just life, just leave him alone, when he saw a blind man or a possessed person? No, Jesus didn't say that. He healed them and he even raised the dead. Why? Because he knew he had the power to change things. More than that, because of his great love for humanity. That's why he came. He, for God so loved that he sent his son. So he had such a love for humanity that he wanted to create positive changes. He wants to pull us out of the stuckness, of the stuff of life that holds us down from being all that we are in him. In John 10.10, Jesus said, The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. The Aramaic Bible says it this way, But a thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have whatever is abundant. That is God's purpose for us. Jesus knew his father intimately and he was in daily communication with him. He knew the words that had been spoken about him throughout history. He knew who he was and his true purpose for being here. He therefore walked in his true identity. He did not see himself as a grasshopper. He knew he was the son of God and walked in the authority of his father. Through Jesus Christ, we have been regrafted into the family of God. Jesus is the true vine and we are the branches. We are God's sons and daughters. Jesus Christ was the firstborn among many brethren. Romans 8, 29. How much closer can we be to God if we are in Christ? We need to 
really, really realize the reality that Jesus Christ in us is our hope of glory. Colossians 1.27 in the Amplified says, God, in his eternal plan, chose to make known to them how great for the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in and among you, the hope and guarantee of realizing the glory. The contemporary English version puts it this way, God did this because he wanted you Gentiles, us, to understand his wonderful and glorious mystery. And the mystery is that Christ lives in you and he is your hope of sharing in God's glory. He is the one who lives in, moves and has his being in us. And we live and move and have our being in him. If we truly know who we be in Christ, God's sons and daughters, joint heirs with Jesus Christ, we have the same power and authority that he has because he is within us by his spirit. It's time for us to realize this and walk in it. We never heard the heavenly father in the word of God say, it is what it is. No, he said, let there be. And there was. He said how it was going to be. And Jesus said how it's going to be. And he made us in his image and likeness. And he gave us the same power, his sword, his word in our mouths. Jesus Christ, the word made flesh, came to be the pattern son, the firstborn among many to show us that we can do all things in him. No more grasshoppers. We are not insects. Let's arise as his sons and daughters and walk in all that he has for us. And most of all, speak as Jesus Christ speaks, as in Luke 4, 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Praise the Lord. So having said all of this, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I give you glory, praise, and honor. Jesus, you are our light and our salvation. We worship you. Thank you so much that through your finished work on the cross, Jesus, that you have removed the veil that hid you from us and shrouded our true identity in you. We come into agreement with your word that we are grafted in to the family of God through Jesus Christ, the true vine. We are your sons and daughters. Father, give us a deep understanding of what it means to be your sons and daughters, the sons and daughters of the Most High King. I ask, Lord, that for every one of us, you make yourself more and more real in our lives. Soften our hearts to know you and tune our ears to hear your loving voice clearly. Open our eyes to see you and your marvelous works in our lives. Stir within us such a hunger and a desire to have intimate relationship with you more and more. Closeness with you that brings a fulfillment that we could never find anywhere else. Holy Spirit, draw us and awaken our hearts to understand all that Jesus accomplished on the cross. 
and what that means for us today. I decree in the name of Yeshua, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that your strength is made perfect in our weakness. I declare that we have eyes to see and ears to hear all that you are saying and doing in this day. I thank you, Father, that you fill us with your great love for humanity and creation and that you give us the courage and strength to walk forward and appropriate the changes that you desire to see, not only in our lives, but in the atmosphere, communities and nations around us. You have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. You have given us the mind of Christ. You have given us all the weapons of warfare through which we can quench every fiery dart of the enemy. You have given us mighty heavenly weapons with which we pull down every stronghold of the enemy and any high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of you in our lives. We storm the gates of hell and they shall not prevail against us. We tear down every evil mandate and plan that the enemy has implemented or wants to implement in Jesus Christ's mighty name. And we say no more. We declare that we are above and not beneath. We put away frivolous sayings from our mouths and hearts that dumb us down to your greatness in us. We say no to all tyranny, lack, and evil mandates that try to manifest in any way, shape, or form, or in any dimension. And in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we pull them down. And we say no more. To you, Lord Jesus Christ, be all the glory and honor due your name. And may all the peoples of the earth come to know the saving power of your blood that you shed for all humanity. We thank you that your word never returns void. You have us in the palm of your mighty hand. Thank you, Father, that we triumph because of the blood of Jesus Christ and by the testimony of our word, speaking your word of life over our lives, families, communities, and nations, and declaring your name. You, O oh God, are on the throne. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus, we give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. We bless your holy, mighty name. We agree with your word that says, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And we decree freedom, supernatural provision, and abundant prosperity over our families, communities, and our nations in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. So be it now. Amen. So if any of you who are listening don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and you would like to have a relationship with Jesus that will bring you into the family of God, don't let anything hold you back. God knows you. He knew you before you were born. You were a word from Him from the beginning of time. He knows everything about you. And you know what? There's nothing, nothing that you've done or ever could do that would make him not love you. He knows everything about you and his love is unconditional and he wants you to come back into his family. He longs for you. That's why Jesus came. He knew you from the beginning and has wonderful plans for your life. Way before you were conceived, he had a plan for you that was amazing. So he wants to restore you to himself. 
If this is you by any chance and you'd like to know Jesus for yourself, please pray this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and I ask you for forgiveness. I believe and confess you are the Son of God and that you died on the cross for me and poured out your blood to take away the sins of the world. I acknowledge that you rose victorious over sin, sickness, and death. Jesus Christ, I ask that you forgive me for all my sins and wash me with your blood and cleanse me completely. I invite you, Jesus, to come live in me as my Lord and Savior, and I pledge my life to you. I receive your forgiveness, and I thank you that I am made new and whole in you, and that I'm now a part of your family. I ask also that you fill me with your Holy Spirit and power to help me to be the overcoming son and daughter of God that you created me to be. I ask all of this in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. So welcome to the family of God. If you prayed this prayer to his kingdom of light, it is by faith that we receive Jesus into our hearts. So you may or may not have felt anything at all. Don't worry about it. Just know if you have asked for forgiveness, invited Jesus in, he is now living in you by his spirit. He is your Lord. He is your savior. And you can and should talk to him all the time, anytime. We are to pray without ceasing. That just means have communication with the Lord all the time, at any time. Doesn't matter wherever you are. The more time you take to build relationship with Jesus, the more he will reveal himself to you in amazing ways that you may never think possible. And it would be a really good idea if you can get a Bible and begin reading it. New Testament is usually a really good place to start because it talks about Jesus. And ask the Holy Spirit um, to give you understanding as you read. As well, if you can connect to a local spirit-filled um, church, it would be good for you to attend. And if you can't, there's some really good lo- good churches online to listen to. Um, so take a look and see. There are one really good one that I really like is Risen Nation Church in Texas and um, Dr. William Hinn Sr. So check them out. Lord of Hosts Church in, o- in uh, Omaha, Nebraska is really good as well. Anyways, everyone, thank you so much for listening in. I really hope this blessed and encouraged you today. Please share these messages with as many people as possible that you may know need encouragement. Until next time, may the Lord be with you and may he guide you and richly bless and keep you in every way.